Today, let's jump into our message. Uh, Every uh, spring, basically, leading into Pentecost, I like to do a Holy Spirit teaching series. Uh, This year, our teaching series is called Fresh Wind. And I I really didn't know what to call it, so um, this is just a a term and a statement that you would have heard before, like me, but I just really believe in it. We need a fresh wind of the Spirit to flow through uh, our church and our congregations, all of our campuses. So again, each spring, I like to get us into a series of messages about the Holy Spirit. It's because Pentecost is coming in just a few weeks. So Pentecost, as soon as Easter happens, Pentecost is like 50 days later kind of thing, right right after Easter. This year, as we look towards Pentecost and we celebrate the coming of Holy Spirit at Pentecost, uh, just as Jesus promised. If you read the New Testament, Jesus promises that the Helper is coming, the Holy Spirit is coming, and will fall upon us, all right? So I want us to go back to the basics this year. I want to learn the teachings about Holy Spirit and how Holy Spirit can work in our lives. Many of us are faced with situations throughout our lives that I think we could tackle differently and with greater spiritual authority and power because of the work of the Spirit in our lives. So let me say that again. I believe that many of us are faced with situations every single day that we could tackle differently and with greater spiritual authority and power as the Spirit works through our lives. Now, that's something we grow into. It's not necessarily something that just like, poof, we're just like amazing at. It's something we we grow with as the Spirit begins to work in us. So today we're going to take a look at this video clip that asks this question, who is the Holy Spirit? So when you hear the Holy Spirit, this is what you may think of. Go ahead, Wilson, whenever you... I'm excited to talk to you today about who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is God, and he's at work in the world today. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is not a force. He's not an energy. He's not a cosmic power. He is a person, as I said. When we think of God, we think of God three persons in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know it's a little crass, but if I had a name tag that said, hello, my name is Dave, uh, you would really understand that I'm a person. And I want you to even begin with that idea. Hello, my name is the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the Father and we have a relationship with Jesus. But I wanna challenge you to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Get to know and work with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. This is really powerful, actually, when we stop and unpack it. Jesus is talking about a person. Notice when he uses the word he. 
He, he is with you and he will be in you. That word that Jesus uses there, advocate, is so powerful. It translates out comforter, counselor, helper, standby. The Holy Spirit is a person that we can relate to and interact with. I want you to stop and think about something Jesus said to the disciples. He is with you, but he will be in you. If you've surrendered your life to Christ, you have received the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit dwells inside your life. When you become a believer, you don't get part of the Holy Spirit. You get the person of the Holy Spirit abiding and living inside your life. This is profound. When we become Christians, we are never, ever alone again. Think about that in a lonely world as Christians, the person of the Holy Spirit is with us. But this is no ordinary person. This is the third person of the Trinity. Paul wrote something so special in Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and he does if you're a believer, then the spirit who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. You are not alone as a Christian and the person and the power of the Holy Spirit is within you. The teaching continues in John 14, 26. The advocate, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit does so much in a believer's life, teaching us, reminding us. And I want to encourage you today that if you've surrendered to Christ, you have the person of the Holy Spirit within you, giving you abundant life today and eternal life tomorrow. And so what's the next step? The next step is to build a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the person of the Holy Spirit. I want you to get to know and work with the Holy Spirit. So here's the goal. <clears throat> Invest in your relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. If you will invest in that relationship with him on a day-to-day -day basis, God will do even greater and powerful things in your life. Just build that relationship, that intimacy, that understanding with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it this way in John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit. I know that's uh, such a biblical word, abide. I like to think of it simply as connecting. If you and I will build a relationship and connect every day with the person of the Holy Spirit, God will do incredible things in our lives.
Uh, Rob Ketterling, a pastor from uh, Minneapolis, tells an amazing story. He had a, a pickup truck and it, the lease came due and it was time to, to get a new truck. And so he, he showed up and the, the salesperson was going through uh, the final pieces with him. And he took him outside and he said, oh, there's, there's such a, a great feature with the key fob. If you press this button and hold it, the truck will start automatically all by itself. And Rob thought, wait a second, that looks a lot like my old key fob for my old truck. And he pulled the key fob to his old truck out in his hand and he thought, you gotta be kidding me. He pressed that button and held it and his old truck started across the parking lot. He lives in Minneapolis. They have winter there. And all those winters, he never got to use that feature even though he had it. Friends, there's so much that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And it starts by understanding who he is. Rob said, I didn't know the key fob could do that. There's so much that we don't know about the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna encourage you to take the next step and get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray a prayer together today. Holy Spirit of God, I surrender to you to teach me, remind me, and guide me into all truth. Reveal yourself to me. Help me to get to know and work with you. I want to have a living relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love the uh, uh, key fob analogy. Has anyone had anything like that happen in your life? Maybe once or twice? I want to live with the full knowledge of what God has for my life. Don't you? Of course we do. That is a, a revelation. When we live with that full knowledge that God has for our lives, it's a revelation that comes through the power of Holy Spirit. In the video we watched, uh, Pastor Dave, I don't know if you remember him, he spoke at our church last year, uh, mentioned John chapter 14, which we will come back to because it's such a key passage for understanding the Holy Spirit. This year, I wanted to spend some time in the events leading up to Pentecost. So we read about Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 in particular. Uh, if you held your Bible up in the air, just like I'm doing right now, if you have a, a Bible, like, the, like just a paper one, if you hold your phone up, it won't work. But if you held your Bible in the air like me, and then you open it up into the New Testament, in between uh, Luke and Acts is the book of John, but actually the book of Luke and the book of Acts were written really as one document. It's really one letter, so to speak, or one uh, piece of literature. The canon of Scripture has them separated. That's why they're separated for us today. But it's actually more like one book. And it's actually fun to read uh, the last few chapters of Luke and then immediately flip over and read the first couple chapters and words of the book of Acts. So we're going to do that a little bit over the next few weeks. And today I want to point us to a rather famous scripture passage that I really have never spoken on. And it's Luke chapter 24, and we're going to start in verse 13. The words will be on the screen. 
and uh, hopefully you can read along with me. If not, just listen closely. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 says, That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus. We'll just pause here. I kind of picture the Emmaus Road. You know, we have highways and all that kind of stuff these days, roadways that we travel on. But picture people just walking. And I kind of picture not just uh, the people we're going to read about in this passage, but that there was others uh, walking, kind of journeying together on that road. So again, verse 13, that very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Verse 17, and he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking, uh, looking sad. Verse 18, then one of them named Cleopas. So, uh, Cleopas, sorry. Uh, there's, so there's two of these people walking and Jesus shows up but kind of withholds his identity from them, so to speak. He's kind of veiled almost to them. And Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to, to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? So this is right after Jesus' uh, crucifixion and death. And these Really, these disciples, they don't even know that Jesus has defeated death in the grave. They haven't heard that part yet, all right? So they say, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? Isn't that funny, Jesus? What things? It's like, you know, the stuff that happened to you. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Verse 20, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. So these disciples, Cleopas and his friend, like they're not even believing the words of these women yet. Verse 24, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but he but him they did not see. So again, even more evidence that Jesus is not there. He's alive and they still don't believe. Verse 25, and he said to them, O foolish ones. This is Jesus speaking, O foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures uh, and the things concerning himself. Imagine that, being taught by Jesus, you don't even know it, and he's teaching you every single thing in the scriptures that we have today that directs us to him. It's incredible. I lost my spot. Um, so they drew, uh, excuse me, verse 20, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was, he was going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. Uh, verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread. This is why I love Jesus. He just loves to eat. Like, it's just, I don't care what anyone says. All right. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they recognized him and he, he vanished from their sight. Imagine that. It's like, bang, look, there's Jesus. And then he's gone. 
vanish from their sight. Verse 32, they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told uh, what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is such a beautifully written, powerful passage of Scripture. These Scriptures and events continue to lead us to the coming of the Spirit. This is what took place as Jesus was appearing to people after his resurrection, literally, leading into Pentecost. I think we have much to learn here. What is this passage teaching us? We have Cleopas and another disciple walking the Emmaus Road. Well, what, does, what does that mean? What does that teach us today? We see this picture of these two uh, individuals. They were much like we are today. They needed Jesus to give them the key to unlock the scriptures for them. Without Jesus, the scriptures are just words to me. You, we need Jesus to be able to interpret and understand the words of scripture. So our first thought today, I'm only a short message today. Our first thought is this, Jesus opens our eyes. When we think of these uh, two on the Emmaus Road, uh, one commentator wrote this, they did the best they could with the limited knowledge they had, but they lacked the key that would unlock the prophetic scriptures. The Messiah must suffer and die before he could enter into his glory. It was this key that Jesus provided as he walked and talked with them on the road. This example of being on a journey that we see on this Emmaus Road, this uh, being on a journey and needing Jesus to unlock the keys to Scripture is the same for us today. We know that Jesus has sent the Helper, the Advocate, just as Pastor Dave said when reading from the book of John, uh, you know, the Helper, the Advocate, uh, the, the Holy Spirit, He unlocks that key. Jesus unlocks that key for us to this day. There's a knowledge element in this passage that Jesus possesses Jesus holds the key to some spiritual knowledge that even these followers of him had not fully understood at that time. Jesus, through the power of Holy Spirit, reveals to us the scriptures. It's as if a veil is being removed, a lens being adjusted, our eyes being opened to what the word of the Lord is speaking to us. How many of you get your eyes checked every couple years like you're supposed to? Okay, you are good people. I am not that good. And I, I uh, mainly because I don't like paying for it, okay? That's, that's the main reason. But uh, when I, so whenever I go, I'm like, man, the technology is so amazing. Because I'm like stuck in like the dark ages when I, you know. And so every time I go, they have all this new equipment. I'm like, wow. Like the, I went a couple years ago and they puffed stuff in your eyes. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. And then last time they like did some weird light show. And I was like, whoa, this is, what's going on? They used to, maybe I'm dating myself, but remember they used to just like trigger lenses until you could see, right? Well, the computer does that for them now. Like I could work that machine. It's amazing. <laughs> Every time I go in, I think my eyes aren't that bad. Like I'm good, right? And then they just boink, like the thing hitting the focus, whatever it's doing. I don't even know what it's doing. And all of a sudden, you, you can see it, right? All of a sudden, it begins to come clear. 
Sometimes the optometrist will say, what are the words or the letters, whatever, you got to repeat? And I'm like, look at, I'm like, uh, and they'll say, can you see them? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, I can't really see them well, right? Like I can make it out, but I can't really see them well. Same as with the Holy Spirit when he comes into our lives. It just opens the word. It's so much clearer. There's so much more understanding. I've gotten some different feedback on the Authentic Life Journal. By the way, I have scripture sheets in the, on the back table in the lobby. I did it. I did it. I remembered. So good stuff. And also there's an email going up tomorrow. If you are on, are on our email list, you'll get the scriptures on there as well. What I love about our Authentic Life Journal journey is that it's teaching us to listen to God's voice. Some of you have done so well in doing this whole 90-day journey with us. Some of you have maybe had a few bumps on the road. Just jump back on. Don't worry about it. If you've missed some, don't just, just get back to it. But we've had some interesting feedback. The truth is, is that that is my heart, is that each one of us would hear the voice of God. Some of you have grown up in traditions where you may have felt like you weren't allowed to hear the voice of God or you were just told you wouldn't hear the voice of God. That is, you know, find those people and we'll take them out back the shed here. And I'll sort them out, all right? If you know them, just bring them. Just drag them out here midweek. We'll just sort them out. Some of you, some of you are going to do it. <laughs> but the truth is, is that I want us to hear the voice of God in every aspect of our lives. Wherever you are, whether you're in the grocery store, you're at the, the, uh, the, the, the auto shop, the gardening, like, I don't know, wandering in the wilderness, I don't know, whatever you're doing, or you're driving around, whatever, I want you to be able to hear the voice of God. He doesn't just speak through me on Sunday mornings, all right? I want you to know that. He speaks to me at all times. He wakes me up at night sometimes. I get annoyed, and I think, oh, it's the Lord again. Okay, fine, and I, I make a mental note. Right? But the truth is, we need to li learn to listen to the voice of God. I had to learn to do it. And here's the first step you just shut up. The kids aren't here, I can say it. Just keep, keep your mouth shut, just quiet yourselves. It's scary. It may be new for some of us. Here's something I've realized in doing the authentic life journals the last few months just like everyone else, I've realized that I need to do a better job listening. Even I talk too much and don't listen enough to what Jesus is saying to me. And here's something else I've learned. This is hard for me because I come uh, give you messages mo most Sundays, not every Sunday, but most Sundays. And I have to be careful. There's some things Jesus tells me that are just for me. It's not that you can't hear it. It's just that it's for me. I can't put it off like it's something for you. It's just for me. And that's the importance of listening to God's voice. Just a few verses past where we've read today. Uh, in the book of Luke, Luke, it says in Luke 24, 45, it says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That's Jesus. He is opening our minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus must open our eyes. That's my prayer for all of us today. My prayer is that, Jesus, would you open our eyes to the power and presence of Holy Spirit so that we will be filled today with 
your power, your glory, your presence. And Lord, fill us not just today, but in the days to come. Here's my heart's desire for every one of us in my own life, for my kids, for my family, and for everyone here and everyone that's not here today, it doesn't matter. But that we would burn with passion in our hearts because of what God has spoken to us. That's my prayer, that we would just be filled with so much passion for God. It, it's, like a bur- it's like a good heartburn. It's like a burning thing that we would just burn with a desire for God's presence. One commentator said, the more we receive the word of God, the more we will want to fellowship with the God of the word. Let me read it again. The more we receive the word of God, the more we will want to fellowship with the God of the word. Well, I tried. Every one of us must find the secret place. Well, what is that? What is the secret place? The place where Holy Spirit can come and minister to you. Maybe it's watching an early morning sunrise before the commotion of the day begins. Maybe it's watching the sunset. I sometimes joke about the people who have the stump in the woods they like to sit at by and listen to the voice of the Lord. I realize that I don't have a stump, but I do go sit on the lake. So it's pretty much the same thing, right? I sit in my boat and just listen. Literally, whatever it takes, find a spot and wait. Try not to speak. Turn the music off. Turn the podcast, the TV, whatever is distracting you. Turn it off. Get rid of it and wait for the voice of the Lord to speak. That's what you got to do. Pastor Andy and I realized a few weeks back that we listened to the same soaking music. I was like, I listened to this great music. And he's like, so do I. And we're comparing notes and we realized it was the same thing. Uh, we listen, and this, this, uh, this guy, this gentleman from South America that writes songs, uh, they don't have words, uh, it's, just, it's just instrumental music, and it just leads you into God's presence. You may ask, what is soaking music? It's just quiet, peaceful music. It's nothing fancy. Uh, we do it here sometimes. Uh, Pastor Chris puts on a little thing. He doesn't sing. That's soaking music, all right? We should record you and just put you on Spotify and all that and make some money. If you're interested in uh, this music I'm talking about, just let me know and I'll send you the links. Whatever it takes, you must make sure that you meet, the, uh, you meet with Jesus through the power of the Spirit. Whatever it takes, whatever, I, I, I don't even know what distractions are in your life, but whatever it takes, you must push through to meet with Jesus. I'm pleading with us today. We meet with him through the power of the Spirit in our lives. You see, the more we receive the Word of God, the more we want to fellowship with him. That's what this quote on the screen says. We just read it. I'll add this. The more we uh, want to, uh, excuse me, the more we receive the Word of God, the more we want to fellowship with him, the more we will be like him. I don't want to just read the word. I don't want to just fellowship with him. I want to be like him. And we all should have that desire. Our proximity must always be close to the spirit. I was thinking about young love recently. How many of you were infatuated with someone in your younger years? Maybe your spouse, but if not, whatever. You just, it didn't matter. You would drive anywhere, like you would just do anything, right? It, it, I got in trouble. I was so infatuated with Arlene. Like it was just, people would be like, you're, you're too obsessed with her. And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's all good. It worked out, so it's okay. But like, you know, 
they, it was just crazy. Hope you can see it this way, but it's kind of like that with the Lord. Just want to be close to him. Just want to be close to him. The more I'm, I read about him and receive his word, the more I fellowship with him, the more I'm going to be like him. Our proximity must be close to the spirit, the living God inside of us. So our first thought today is Jesus, uh, what did I say? Jesus, open our eyes. Our second thought today here is communion. We've already shared the Lord's Supper. And as we received the Lord's Supper a few moments ago, uh, we do so to, as I said, remember and proclaim that Jesus has died. He has risen and he will come again. But we also recognize that there is a great need for us to be with Holy Spirit, to spend time in his presence. Just like Pastor Dave said on the video, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. Spend time in his presence. You guys know this about me if you've heard me share a few times. The biggest bone of contention I see in our lives is any form of social media. We spend more time on social media than we do, even by mistake. You know, like I, I, yesterday, I, I was on Facebook. Why? It's Saturday. The sun was out. Who cares? I don't, like, what am I doing on there? I smacked myself and closed the computer lid. That was it. Some of us, a lot of us, spend more time online than we do in God's presence. Do we believe the promises that are in Scripture? Again, we look to these two disciples on the, uh, that were on the road to Emmaus. These two on this road believed the promise of the Messiah's glory, but they could not accept the prophecies about his suffering. So they believed about his glory, but they could not or they did not believe about his suffering. We are similar. We accept that Jesus desires that every one of us would be saved, that he is Lord. But often we are reluctant to let him be Lord of every aspect of our lives. Right? Oh, yeah, he's, he's Jesus. He's good. Woo! Is he Lord of every aspect of my life? We are reluctant to surrender. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 7 says, or excuse me, verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. Verse 11, inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things in which angels long to look. We have access to things through the Holy Spirit that even the angels of heaven long for. Think about that. We, we Through the power of the Spirit, we can access the things of God that even angels of heaven long for. So when I speak of communion, I'm speaking about the presence of Jesus. We practice communion like we did today, but we also must spend time in communion with the Lord Jesus. Actually, Pastor Chris and the worship team, could you come back? I've asked 
Pastor Chris to lead us in this course uh, today from my youth. I, I'm doing something today I swore I'd never do. So if you can time travel and you go back to 19-year-old Pastor Jay, don't tell him this happened, all right? But I've asked uh, Pastor Chris to lead us in this song. It speaks to the communion that I'm talking about today. The desire I want each one of us to have. As, this, as our team leads us today, don't just repeat words, but find a way to make them real. Let's fill our altars. I invite you to come forward today. I'm not going to give a specific call, but I invite you to come forward to the front here today in Little Current, as well as here, if you're at home, just kneel where you are, find a space just to surrender your life. Let's fill our altars, the front of these rooms today, with, uh, with people that are hungry today for Holy Spirit to come. Today, I, I want our hearts to cry to the Spirit that, and for us to recognize and acknowledge that we are longing for the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, we are longing for you today. As we look to Jesus and we practice communion with him together, the team's going to lead us in this song. So once again, I invite you to come forward. Join me. Let's just surrender ourselves and say, God, would you fill me today? Holy Spirit, come and fill me. If you want to pray and you don't know the words to pray, just simply say, come Holy Spirit. It's the oldest prayer in the church. It's been around for thousands of years come Holy Spirit that's what we're going to pray today Pastor Chris.